What's up? Welcome to episode two, Squaring Around. I'm Jacob Rodriguez. That's Andrew Zimmel, the mouth from the north. And Zimmel, <laughs> <laughs> who would have thought that uh, you moving to North Dakota, Dakota area, would eventually help us cover something related to Texas State? You know, if if that was a sacrifice that had to be made, I'm willing to make it. But, man, talk about a lot of gas, a lot of gas to get it to North Dakota. Yeah, you'll notice we both have better backgrounds this time around because this is a video. I don't know. Podcast. I wouldn't go that far. Last <laughs> time I did it in a hotel and I didn't realize it was a video uh, podcast. This time, no French fries, no Big Macs around me, and I uh, I'm not in a uh, a hotel room. So I, I'd your, say it is a step up. You're right. Is that your go-to order a Big Mac? I think so. Well, you know, especially when I'm ordering it in the cold, I'm trying to just get in and get out as soon as like as quickly as possible. So it's just give me a number one, whatever you got back there. Let's throw it all together and let's let's keep it moving. So this also didn't fizzle out either, like this whole podcast idea, which I was kind of glad about because, you know, sometimes you and I get together and we figure out something like fantasy baseball. And then either you want to change the rule set for next year or, um, you know, it just doesn't go anywhere. But this well, one it is here. episode two. Let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. <laughs> yeah, I think we got to do 10 before we can say, like, oh, we have a podcast again. I've been telling people that we have a podcast. They're just like, who's Jacob? So it's all good. We'll get <laughs> you up there at one point, buddy. At one point, yeah. The far cry from Dan Seed's class. Um, the first thing I want to talk about is the UIW win. You called it last week. I didn't really know what I was talking about, so... <laughs> I didn't want to. I didn't want to put any money on a team I have no business watching or paying attention to, really, aside from the GJ Kinney hire. Uh, but UIW beat Sacramento State yesterday in a kind of a crazy game. Ended up being 66-63 final score. Uh, both teams scored over 28 points in the fourth quarter alone. Um, you're kind of burying the lead there. It wasn't just like a crazy game. This is like the biggest game of the year for FCS football. Mm-hmm. And and the facts are, I said that UIW was going to beat Sac State. I didn't think, like, I didn't think it was going to be that close. I thought UIW would win by more than a, like a three-point win. But if you would have told me beforehand the over-under would be 120 points, it'd be you're insane. But they scored more than 120 points. So, I, I you know, this UIW team... If you're just coming in and just tuning into this uh, this this program, you might be surprised. But this is kind of what Kenny's been doing all year. Highest points per game in the FCS this year, which, again, kind of took, I think, a lot of people by surprise. And we'll see what they look like this week. You know, like, great game last week. The real test is in the semifinals of the FCS playoffs. They had some... Some time with media in San Antonio, just talking about you know what they're looking forward to. Obviously, this is like one of the most storied teams in FCS, most dominant teams in FCS. Talking about North Dakota State. Yeah, what do you know about the team just from living, covering, being? Dog, I know a lot about this team. So here's the thing: North Dakota State fans are spoiled in in one sense of the word because they've have this team now that's won nine national titles in eleven years. Where like. I don't think Texas State's won nine games in 11 years. So in that regard, like they are a spoiled group. They come to games like this one that's going to happen tomorrow. They're going to show out and support the Bison. But if you were to ask me on a random Saturday in the fall, hey, what's the what's the turnout going to be at the Fargo Dome? I would say it's going to be over halfway full, but not more than 85% full. 
because this is a team that wins a lot. Regular season games don't really matter. But like I said, this is the games that matter. The final four between South Coast State, the number one seed, North Coast State, the I think the reigning champions. Incarnate Word is kind of the team that's out of nowhere. Every year we get one of those wild card teams in the FCS football, That a team that's on a little bit of a Cinderella story. If they beat North Dakota State this weekend, Jacob, they have an excellent shot, an excellent shot of winning the national championship. And I would love to see our head coach win the national championship and then come to Texas State. You know, last week I was a little bit too negative. I was kind of like dogging on our guy a little bit. And I was saying like, you know, he proved to me. You know what I mean? We, we, a lot of coaches come from FCS, go to the FBS level, don't do anything. If you win a national championship at any level, I'm like, okay, that's a, that's a check mark on the old Zimmel checklist. That's a check mark. You, you won something. Even if this game against North Dakota State is competitive, I'm talking like we go in the fourth quarter, we don't know who the who the winner will be going into the fourth quarter. I think that's a win. I feel I feel really good about the uh, incarnate word if if they can keep the game close going into the fourth. Yeah, and then we kind of talked about this a little bit too last week. But if UIW does win a national title, GJ comes to San Marcos with a ring on his finger and then gets to work. Uh, with some of his boys that he's bringing over that we'll talk about later. Um, that's kind of crazy, too. But UIW will also just get another good coach out of their coaching process, too. Again, I, I was reading a little bit more about our guy, Clint Killo, over there. And, I mean, like, congratulations to him. He's been with the program. He played for the Cardinals. So now you're going from being a player to an assistant coach to now the head coach. That's always really cool when you can kind of keep it in-house. Um I would like to see sustained success. I, I'd like to see what he looks like. I don't I don't just pack guys on the back for getting jobs. Cool, you got the job. What are you going to do with it? How, how does this look? And the thing is, too, we were mentioning that big win against Sac State. Lindsey Scott Jr., okay, that's a name that you wouldn't have picked out of a lineup before last week. I, unless you cover the Cardinals or unless you're locked in on uh, UIW, you wouldn't have known who that guy is. He is now the all-time leader for FCS total touchdowns in the season with he has a total of 63 combined rushing and passing in that game, 219 yards, four TDs on the season, Jacob 59 touchdowns and over 4,000 yards. So where, why can't we bring him? You're wondering, Hey, why doesn't he come to Texas? State? Cause he's a seventh year senior. He's a seventh year. Se- he's 24. He's a year younger than me. I, I mean, granted, you know, he's throwing the ball over all over the field. Seventh year senior. He should be good. You know, he's the most experienced quarterback out of the four that are in the playoffs this weekend. So shout out to him. Shout out to to Incarnate Word. Um, GJ, man, maybe you need to go to the retirement home and start looking for other quarterbacks to play Texas State. Like, hey, how many uh, how many years of eligibility do some of these Korean vets have? Get, get them on the field, you know? <laughs> you know, the thing I was talking about, I, I know a golf coach who used to coach at UIW. He was telling me the clock starts ticking as soon as you step on campus, so. I do not have four or five years of eligibility like I thought I did. I'm actually done. I am as watched as some people coming out of the transfer portal. Uh, shout out, you know, hey, you want to end your career at UIW. You want to end your career as a player for Scott Jr. Uh, with a title this this week against North Dakota State. Their defense is stouty. Their, their running game is really hard-nosed. They play that old-school football defense and run the ball. UIW cannot play a finesse game of throwing the ball around the field. However, I will say South Dakota State, the rival of the Bison, they did the kind of finesse game, ended up beating North Dakota State in the Fargo Dome earlier this year. So we'll see if they can get it done. Ooh, 
So what do you expect? Do you expect a high scoring affair, or low scoring affair? So I, I, a lot of people are throwing out like the numbers between 30 and 27 points. I, I think that if we're lucky, UIW, if UIW wants to win this game, they're going to have to score 35 points. So I would imagine it's probably going to be a 30, 27 Bison win just because they're the reigning national champions. And I think that they're a little bit more prepared for this game home field. In fact, I've got to mention this. As of recording, I don't think UIW has gotten off the ground yet. I think that they were still at the airport last time I checked. I know the people in Fargo are kind of concerned because there's a big snow uh, event happening up north, in case you're not watching the Weather Channel. Big snow event happening in the north, and uh, they can't fly, so the game might get pushed back. We'll see what happens. But I don't think that they've left yet as we're recording on Thursday afternoon. Yeah, we're recording Thursday afternoon again. UIW kicks off tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Yeah. Good luck. Moving on. Zimmel, I think the best way to, to cover kind of like coaching switches, coaching hires, coaching recruitment at all is kind of like the bachelor, you know? <laughs> that last week or the week before last was kind of like our big, you know, who's going to be next season's bachelor for us. We finally found our guy, G.J. Kinney. And now we're getting to look at some of the, I guess they're still bachelors too, but the bachelorettes coming along for the ride in this season. So the first one that we got to look at, blah, 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 blah. Let me click through all these. Really I actually cool. like I actually like the coaching hires that they have so far. So it's Mark Le- uh, Leftwich mm-hmm. and uh, Jordan Leftwich. Shoemaker. So both those guys, Matt Leftwich and uh, Jordan Shoemaker, they're both coaches for UIW, so he's getting some guys he's familiar with to join him. And then it uh, is, what, the the defensive line coach from Sam Houston State. Mm-hmm. So I, he's getting some guys that he's familiar with. I, I'm cool with that. I do like bringing your offensive coordinator with you. I think that that's kind of an underrated um, – it's an underrated angle not enough people pay attention to. A lot of these coaches, they are the OC from another school, so they'll go and then they have to kind of get their own OC – when they go to become a head coach somewhere else or a defensive coach going to coach somewhere else, bring your offense coordinator with you adds a little bit of like trust comfort, you know, the playbook, you know what you want. You, you, you've seen it a couple times. So I'm hoping fingers crossed that this head coach offense coordinator combination now can save Texas state, the headache they had with the Spavital era where you have an offensive head coach, and you have an offense coordinator, and you don't really know who's calling plays. So hopefully this kind of makes the transition a little easier for Bobcat fans. But this is what I was saying, too. Uh, you know, this guy's he's doing double duty right now at UIW and at Texas State. So he's just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. He comes back to the locker room at UIW all day. All he's talking about, oh, man, these Texas State Bobcats, these Texas State Bobcats. Finally, he convinced a few people to show up and show out. So he's not the only one man patting anymore. I, I, I don't know. I think that there's a very fine line, a little bit of a tight walk, tight rope you have to walk here. But the other thing is, too, and, you know, maybe this isn't true for UIW, but this is the year, this will be their third coach in three years. Mm-hmm. It kind of feels like that machine is running on its own a little bit, too. So I don't know how hands on Kenny has to be to be like, you know, running the day to day stuff of uh, of the Cardinals. This is a big game they're playing, Jacob. I don't imagine that uh, they're, they're doing anything but watching Bison film. I think that they're pretty locked in on uh, trying to end their careers at Incarnate Word on a high note. So Leftwich and Shoemaker go over. Then on the defensive side, 
I got a defensive line coach as of right now. No DC yet. His name is Michael Geen. And he was Texas State's defensive line coach. Oh, he is Texas line coach. I'm dumb. I can't read. What do you think? Uh, so, what do you know about these early? It, it, that's the thing is like, um, everybody wants to bring an exciting brand of football. And as a matter of fact, DJ Kinney said that like four different times, including the introductory press conference that I pulled that first bite over. It's now being just recycled across the board because that's the only thing he's saying is that we're trying to bring an exciting brand of football. We'll play an exciting brand of football um, offensively. Uh, we're going to be a tempo team or a run play action team, and we're going to light up the scoreboard. That's what well, everybody says when they get hired, right? So, yeah, I agree with that. But, Ginny, this is what I thought was interesting. So they have the best defense in the WAC this year. But the other thing that caught my attention is this is the defensive cr- recruiting coordinator for his Sam Houston State. Now, if you do a little bit of just quick math in your head, Sam Houston State won the national championship two years ago for the FCS level. And Carter Word is trying to play for a national championship if they can win this weekend. So what Texas State's done is they've essentially tried to pull all of the success out of the Texas FCS pool that they can, which is which is smart, which I give all the credit in the world to. Because if you were a UTSA fan and Jeff Trailer got hired, you're thinking to yourself, okay, well, we have a high school football coach that's coming in, but it makes sense because you're recruiting high school football players and you're recruiting high school coaches to send you their guys. Getting two offensive coaches that have recruited the state of Texas and now a defensive coach that's in charge of that at Sam Houston State that has kind of helped build a, a program that wins games in uh, in Huntsville, I'm okay with it. I, I'm excited. Now, I do not think that the defense will be as good next year as it was under Zach Spavadol. That's going to be a hot take right now because just the players that have left, I think our defense is going to take a step back, and it's not going to be what Texas State fans want to hear. This whole conference, Jacob, is wrought with defensive talent. Marshall, Southern Miss, Troy just won the uh, Sunbelt Championship on a defensive mindset. It's going to be tough in that kind of regard because our defense will not stack up to those. We're going to have to win games by moving the ball down the field. And, uh, you know, hopefully in the next couple of years, we get some defensive standouts. And kind of uh, just going back to that, if Kenny's like, think Texas first mindset, you know, this guy's from Missouri City. He played at SMU. He His first job, you know, as a GA was at Texas Tech. And he also coached current Bobcat Jordan Rebels in North Shore. So <laughs> look at that. I finally figured out how to read a press release. But, but also just kind of going back to like what they're talking about is like, you know, they're trying to recruit, trying to just be a better version of what Texas State was supposed to be. Um, just kind of representing that area, you know, Central Texas, but also just the state as a whole. And like, hey, we have big football players. We don't necessarily need to rely on the transfer portal or making moves in that regard, even though we probably should do that, too. It, it's tough because if you want to say that you want to be the brand of central Texas, like mm-hmm. brother, you're stacked between two tough ones. You're stacked between two really tough ones. You got a legacy brand in Austin. And you have the newcomer of the year in just south of you. So I think that, yeah, you might be right that, okay, think Texas, be Texas, which I would love that to be the logo, the, 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 the saying, because for the longest time it's been think small, be small at Texas state. I would love to be think Texas, be Texas, be like just big, go out, do big stuff. Um, If we become the brand of Central Texas, something really crazy happened at UTSA 
and something horrific happened at the University of Texas. If we become the brand, maybe we will. Maybe maybe we do that. What we would need is we would need the rest of the Sunbelt Conference to really take a step up. We need App State to beat teams like A&M every year. We need Troy to beat UTSA in the bowl game that's coming up tomorrow. We would need a lot to happen in our favor for Texas State to be the brand of Central Texas. Maybe they can do it. Maybe. Who knows? By the way, I didn't know this stat until this week, but UTSA has not won a bowl game. So if they beat Troy, they will win their first. This is cool. Yes. They, yeah. They, if they beat Troy, they'll win their first. This is their back-to-back conference championships, though, for Conference USA. I think they're moving to the American Conference uh, in a couple of years. But, uh, man, yeah, it is uh, – I hate the Trojans. Uh, they beat the hell out of Texas State every year. I'm rooting for them tomorrow. Yeah, I want Troy to win tomorrow, too. <laughs> it's salty. Um, so, yeah, that, that's our mini Bachelorette episode for this week. Um, <laughs> it's going to be like this for quite some time where people are just being brought in. There's a new press release. There's like two or three guys on it, one guy on it. Um, they're still working the transfer portal. They're still uh, recruiting some guys. That's something I've never been good at is like just watching where everybody's getting offers from. Um, that's something Kev and a bunch of other people are very good at. Uh, probably not going to be getting that information from me and Zimmel as breaking well, news. I'll tell you what. If if I break some information, it's because my NIL uh, fund has, has taken a real big boost. I'm telling you, why is Hudson Card not at Texas State? He just came from Texas. He's a great guy. Granted, you're not winning national championships here. You're probably not winning them other places, too. There's too many good quarterbacks in college football. Come to Texas State, man. Come to Texas State. You love Austin but hate paying the rent? Sam Marcus is just for you, dude. Come on down. I'm these telling are, you. These are your advertisements? These Don't are my pay advertisements. Austin rent? Come to Sam no, Marcus. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, look, the traffic's better. The food is better. The traffic is not better. You have not been to town recently. Maybe it's just commencement, but I had to drive through the area a couple times this weekend, and... Yeah, not great. It could be worse. It could be worse. It could be Austin. Come to San yeah. Marcos. Come to San Marcos. I'm telling you, Hudson Card, that's my pitch. I, I don't think the, the 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 transfer portal for Texas State has been a uh, woman at the end of the bar that spurns you, throws the drink that you bought her back in your face. Transfer portal has hurt us in the past. We do not need to do not need to go back in those waters. Go get high school kids, bring them in, build a culture. That, that is the plan for Texas State, I believe. Well, we are helping a lot of young men get uh, their college degrees, get set up for success in the future. So at least we've done that. <laughs> you know, honestly, this is what I'm thinking to myself at this point. All of those former Texas State athletes that have, like, you know, done very well for themselves. I don't know how many have, but if they have, join the Andrew Zimmel NIL Fund. And let's go get us a title. <laughs> let's go buy a championship. Maybe it's a conference championship. Maybe it's a bowl game. Maybe it's a cure bowl in two years. Well, come on, let's pay our way to win a championship. I'm sick and tired of this. Yeah, I'm I'll sick go and to tired the of being bowl. at the I end. I don't care. I just want to win. I want yeah. to be bowl eligible. I don't. Even, I don't think we deserve a, a bowl win <laughs> out of the gate. But I just want to be to have the opportunity to be, and then so I can throw a fit online on this podcast. Yeah, got you, Zimmel. When you and I are not getting high on the aspirations of. Texas State football, what could be, what should be, what would be. Uh, we're probably watching the basketball team because that team has given us some success, glimmers of hope in the in the future in the past. So when you gave me this rundown and you said Texas State basketball loses to Harden Baylor, I didn't believe it at first. They're six and five right now. The crew. Which, 
which is which is surprising. I, they're six and five now. I will explain away the loss to Harden, uh, Mary Harden Baylor, by saying that the first half they went not one of nine from three and shot thirty three percent from the field, and the second half uh, was not much better, one of eight from three. They shot sixteen and twenty two in the second half though for free throws. Uh look. This this basketball team is kind of in like a tra- I feel like it's a little bit of a transition period for like three years, four years. Texas State basketball was like the best in the West and best in the Sun Belt. Now I think that it's going to be a little bit where three or four, maybe four or five seed come conference tournament time. That's not impossible to do. You can win the conference as a four seed. I I just I'm I'm warning fans now that if you are expecting a number one seed from this group. Might be, might might be a little bit too much to ask for. I will say this though: Did you know that UTA was in the whack? Do you know UTA was no longer in the Sun Belt Conference for basketball, Jacob? I didn't actually. That was some that I, we beat them a couple but weeks I'm ago. I'm glad because I feel like, well, especially I don't think you should be in a conference that doesn't that you're not also like offering the exact same sports. UTA didn't have a football team. UTA didn't have a, some other teams too, and it's like. What are we doing? You're just competing half the time. Are you paying half of your your league dues to like not play in all of it? Like you have to. I, I think there's like has to be a broader commitment from the university to bring in any school. You know, the conference to bring in schools that are just aren't aren't just basketball only or something. You want them mm-hmm. to play football too. Well, that's a whole like Title Nine thing too. Is that you can't have a sport without having a commitment to the other like you know, female based sports too. So if any wow. school brings in football, they're bringing in like UTRGV, which we'll talk about. Which later. we'll get to in a minute. I'm excited for it. Yeah, I'm excited for it. So are you concerned about the basketball team, or was this just a hey they lost this game? Should we care? Yeah, well, no, I, the only reason I have this in the show, to be perfectly honest with you, is because of the, how volatile it got online with uh, a loss to UMHB. I mean, everybody gets into this school. This is like one of those like flyer schools where they'll waive your your waiver fee or whatever, and then you get into UMHB and you post it online. You're like, ah, I got it. <laughs> like, you know, that's like one of those first ones that they do like those super early admissions. And then, um, yeah. I'm going to be honest. There was a kid that I went to college with. He has a younger brother. He was telling me the younger brother missed all the deadlines to get into schools. I said, hey, I know of one school that probably still would take you. And it was Mary Harden Baylor. So hopefully, you know, look, is this a loss that, like, you really should care all that much about? I think come March, February, March, this will just be in the back of your mind as, like, hey, you know, we lost this early season game. I'm not all that concerned uh, I, I think that there's a there's a better chance of them turning it around rather than this being the type of team that we have. I, I think that this was an outlier. Well, two-time Sunbelt Coach of the Year, Terrence Johnson, gotta have something else in the bag, you know. And also in the second half, the Bobcats scored 41. So I think it's just that first half got kind of out of sorts. And then down the stretch, they just didn't have enough time to go through it. I always forget that colleges have just two halves, you know. So you know, maybe they did too. You know, <laughs> let me ask you a question. So Mason Harrell, he feels like he's been in school for, for a while now. Oh, yeah. He's one of those COVID. guys that has like six master's degrees. Yeah. So he scored 20 points, seven of 20 from the field. He probably should be the best player on this year's team. Would you agree? Oh, yeah, for sure. Do you think that that's the type of player that can win you a, a Sunbelt title? Um, like this year in particular? Like just him or like him as a person well like him no him as a player i'm saying like as the engine of this team mason harrell can he win you a sunbelt title mm, i don't know but 
neither could Nigel Pearson. And he's like the prototypical player, you know? And yeah. as you said, at the damn Louisiana, what is it, Smoothie King Center or whatever, 0 for 22. Look, all I'm saying is that I, I love Mason. I'm hoping that the, the rest of this team can kind of come around and like help him. He played 36 minutes though in that loss. So yeah, he needs help out there basically. Yeah. He, yeah. One of seven from three. I, I think he'll be fine. I just something to keep my eye on something to keep your eye on going forward about, I mean, this you is, know, wh- where, how this team ago, goes. we saw this guy lay out for a play that didn't mean anything and almost yeah. ruined his shoulder. So, I mean, that was his freshman he, year. He's fine now. Yeah. He's okay. But yeah, pretty scrappy, pretty fun. Something else happening in the college football world, Andrew, is the University of Texas Rio Grande Valley. <laughs> Everybody's going to be like, what the hell are they talking about now? Yeah, um, this is a huge deal for you. Huge team the for rest me. Of I us, didn't go to school there. A bunch of my friends did. Yeah, the rest of us saw this news and we're like, cool. You saw this news and said, this is a big win for Valley guys everywhere, which I'm, I agree with. I'm all here for it. I hope that the Rio Grande Valley can get, get a football team um, that, is, that is competitive. The other thing is, Edinburgh? I need to go down there for a game. Like, if they get good at FCS football, because that's the division they're going to be in to start, if they get good, and you bring, like, North Dakota State, Incarnate Word down there, it's going to pop off. That's going to be an incredible environment. It's going to be cool, because it's at HEP Park, which is where they do their soccer games and stuff, the RGB FC stuff. I don't think that's what it's called. It's called something else. (laughs) I don't know. I, I live there. I don't know what it's called. Um, but yeah, it's pretty cool. And they, they hosted their whole thing on Twitter today. Annoying, good, whatever. <laughs> um, beside the point, I'm going to put some sound bites or whatever. Chase asked, he goes, Hey, do you, do you want to do this? Um, and I gave you the, the line from the Jerry Maguire movie. It wasn't show me the money, <laughs> but it was, you had me at hello. I did. I, I actually said that. Uh, Chuck Edinburgh, is- bro. Like, this is this is Travis Bush. That name sounds familiar because he's a big name in the Central Texas area because he's the head coach at Can- he was the head coach at Canyon High School in Braunfels for the last two years, and he was at Seguin before then. Um, if that name sounds super familiar to you, Texas State junkies out there, that's because he was here during the Bailiff era. So that's how I'm bringing it back, talking about Texas State on this Texas State podcast, talking about UTRGB. He was a wide receivers coach at Texas State for his first three seasons. This is when Texas State was, of course, in the FCS. Um, yeah, and then the South Con- the Southland Conference. Um, it's he cool. has history of He's also going FCS to bring level. an exciting brand of football to the Valley, is what he said. Goal number three, compete for championships. Uh, we understand it, we're in a, it's going to be a process. Uh, this is a marathon, not a sprint, but at some point, of a Kettles football team is going to be competing for championships, just like our sports already do. I want to thank you for allowing me to be a part of your team. Uh, this is your team. And like I said, you had me at hello. I'm all in. We're going to rally the Valley, baby. You get your orange on, and let's make this the best it's ever been. V's up. Thank you. They're using the hashtag, hashtag rally the Valley, which is fun. Uh, V's up, I guess. But I also didn't go to school there. so. No, I, I agree with you. Um... Well, he had success at the FCS level. Didn't have a lot of success at the high school football level. Yeah. So I, I'm i curious to see what that looks like. Uh, he started as a GA at TCU in 01. So he has like almost 20 years of college football experience under his belt. 
again, we'll see uh, We'll see how it plays out. Rio Grande Valley, though, this is the big one. They added women's swimming and diving, which I was like, what conference are you going to be playing in? Because the, I don't know a lot of those FCS schools who have swimming and diving. I, I love to see them compete in the Big 12 because the way that a, a lot of people don't know this, this is how it works, right? So you have your football conference. And then a lot of those other sports, so like wrestling, some women's sports, they're in other conferences. So case in point, North Dakota State, we talked about, they're in the Missouri Valley Football Conference when it comes to football. Their wrestling team, however, is in like the Big 12, competing against like Kansas State and Iowa State and stuff. So really interesting stuff, really cool. Rio Grande Valley uh, women's diving and swimming. I'm going to have to get a shirt. Yeah, they're only, I mean, the, the teams I can think of right off the bat that have a women and diving team are... Uh, A&M and UT so you know, you're, immediately you're probably competing against yeah two of the biggest schools in Texas and, well, and for a long you know, time UTRGB has been really good at basketball too so mm-hmm. they're not oh like, yeah no they play Texas this isn't like a years team, ago. Or this isn't like a school that's like allergic to wins or anything formerly they were UTPA University of Texas Pan American and then you know now they've transitioned to UTRGB they merged UTB University of Texas Brownsville and the UTRGB campus came together all my friends freaked out because they were about to lose accreditation and they were like, do our degrees mean anything? <laughs> a bunch of them got credits added to this. And so now at the end of that, two years later, most of those graduates will now have a football team to root for them. So this is kind of like a huge circle of events. Let me ask you, coming from the Valley, what was the college football team most people rooted for? Uh, UT. Okay. Do you think that's going to change? Either UT or A&M, but um, they had a UT affiliate in name so a lot of people were t-shirt longhorns fans so including but not limited to yours truly while i was a little kid utsa had the same thing in san antonio a lot of transplants a lot of t-shirt t-shirt texas fans utsa got good the gas station started selling the roadrunner hats all of a sudden you can't go anywhere without seeing utsa gear i like to think that that's going to happen to you uh uh to rio Grande valley I, i hope that that happens to them down there um um, success breeds fandom. You know, it, it's it's there's no circle in the egg here. You win, fans show up. Okay, so if they win, fans will show up and, and they will become the team of the Valley. So hopefully that happens for them. Check this out. So this is from, this is a quote from former Texas State quarterback and 2022 Texas State Hall of Honor inductee Bradley George for all you Texas State football junkies. And he's talking about Travis Bush. I can't count on how many coaches I had over the past 25 years involved in athletics and multiple sports, but Coach Bush is hands down the one I learned from the most and respect the most. I think I speak plenty of his play of former players that it was truly an honor and a blessing for him to play at Texas State. There were many offensive school records broken in my time there, but none of them would have occurred if Coach Bush wasn't the man behind the scenes setting his players up for success. I would still, to this day, follow him if he asked me. So even more of a Texas State connection. Bradley George needs a job. (laughs) (laughs) I want to move on to the last topic with Mike Leach with you guys, Mm -hmm. uh, because this one really hurts. 61 years old, Mike Leach, Mississippi State head coach, passed away. Uh, Jacob, what is your favorite Mike Leach moment? Do you have one? Oh, my gosh. My favorite is when he's talking about marriage. The reporter is getting married in nine days. He asks Coach Leach, hey, do you have any advice? Leach gives him 10, 15-minute answer talking about marriage and 
uh, basically just how to survive up until he gets to the altar and says, I do, because after then your life gets considerably better. Uh, you, you have to stay out of the way. Now, and I wish you a very happy marriage, and I'm sure you'll have one. But uh, I'm just telling you, uh, when it comes to marriages, uh, the women lose their mind. Your fiance is going to lose her mind. Your mother-in-law is going to lose her mind. Your mom is going to lose her mind. Several of your sisters and uh, female relatives are going to lose their mind, and um, and they're going to they're going to barrage you with constant questions. What should we wear? And then, uh, which of course my answer was I don't care. And then, uh, what color should the invitations be? I don't care. Uh, what should we have for dessert? I don't care. Should we seat this this way or th that that way? I don't care. But see, I don't care is not satisfactory at all. And you're going to get caught in a catch-22, and I'm certain that you already have. And that catch-22 is, well, I want you to be a part of this too. Uh, so what color invitations? Um, all right, the blue ones. Well, I kind of like uh, I kind of like the tan ones. Okay, the tan ones then. Oh, you're just saying that because uh, 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 you want this over with. You're not even thinking about it, which is of course true. And then, um, well, uh, uh, what do you want for dessert? I was thinking of strawberry shortcake. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, strawberry shortcake would be good. Well, what about the blueberry pie? Well, I like the blueberry pie. We could have the blueberry pie. Well, I thought you said you wanted the strawberry shortcake. And it's just going to go back and forth, and they're going to play keep away from you until uh, after you're married. So what you need to do is you need to work late hours, work late, be, be very nice and supportive, and um, uh, but, but they're going to play keep away from you, and, and there's no answer you can give that is going to be satisfactory or correct. But until then, every woman in your life is just going to go crazy because weddings make women crazy, is what Coach Lee is saying. Did you take some notes on that one? I did take some notes on that one, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I, my favorite was when they lost the football game at Texas Tech, and he blamed the players' girlfriends, not the players. We failed... Uh to make our coaching points and our points more compelling than their fat little girlfriends. Now, their fat little girlfriends have some obvious advantages. For one thing, their fat little girlfriends are telling them what they want to hear, which is how great you are and how, uh, how easy it's going to be and how, you know, uh, you know, we had, we had, you know, we had a whole bunch of people. Everybody wanted to win the football game, but nobody wanted to play the football game. Well, I, I mean, that defies every level of uh, work ethic that exists with regard to football. Not the coaching staff, but the players' girlfriends. Their fat little girlfriends were preventing them from focusing on the game plan. Fat little Th girlfriends, yeah. That is one of the peak moments of Mike Leach to me. That this guy, I'm going to give him most of the credit here for creating the air raid offense has coaches across college football, changed the landscape. People said the Air Raid would never win anything, and now pretty much every single team in college football runs some sort of Air Raid offense. They incorporate it in, in some uh, capacity. We lost a, a Titan, a champion. Um, he's the one, I think if you went through college football history, he's one of the one guys that you really wish could have won a national championship. And it's just, you know, prayers up for his family. Prayers up for the, the student athletes who are who are missing their head coach right now. But man, as fans, he, not him not being able to play in a national championship or play in a college football playoffs, we were robbed because he would have been so great and it would have been so many good quotes and so many good stories. So Yeah, swing your sword, coach.
Yeah. So I was devastated, honestly. I, I just kept looking at clips all day. Um, obviously, a perennial figure in Texas football, uh, Texas Tech legend. I mean, that, that's what change, I grew up change watching. Change everything. Change everything at Texas Tech. Mm-hmm. Like, I, I don't think that Texas Tech is what it is without Mike Leach. Like, and I think that that is 100% fair. You know, Cliff Kingsbury did his best, did his damnedest. Nothing compared to Leach. Can you imagine Mike Leach and Patrick Mahomes together? That would have been a whole different. That would have been insane. Tough, tough loss for the football community. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I just want to give a shout out because uh, our first podcast had a few plays. It was kind of nice, uh, but also you can engage like physically with this podcast if you click on that anchor. If you're looking on this, at, you know, on Twitter or whatever, you clicked on the link for, and you go to that main site. There's three little buttons. The first one's listen on Spotify. The other one's support. And the third one is message. That message icon will let you talk directly to me and Andrew. Uh, by me and Andrew, I mean, I'm just going to dictate whatever message you said to Andrew because he doesn't have access to the account. Um, but we got our first message. And I'll pull it up real quick. Do you want to do this at the end of every podcast? Read a message from from one of the listeners? I'm down with it. I'm I'm all here for it. Oh, yeah, for sure. This is from Adrian Garza. It said, good description of where we have been in losing, discuss the hire, and more importantly, how transfer portal NIL players works into recruiting player decisions. Nothing on facilities and alignments of our leader. Don't you worry, Adrian. We're on the case. <laughs> I've already set up that episode, but obviously that kind of takes time uh, for these administrators, peoples to talk to me. Uh, I just kind of opened the floodgates this week and talked to my guy, Chris K at Texas State Sports Information. Um, so, yeah, we're getting some details that we need. Um, and shout out Chris for helping me with just a very simple request I needed. I was just talking about total game day attendance numbers in a later episode. But, yeah, so that was episode two. Appreciate y'all listening. Um, swing your sword. There he is. Thanks, Jacob. Yeah, how many things you, you only get to... 12 times a year that aren't important. I mean, they're all important. You have a recipe for your gravy or is it all up here? You're uh, I got a little of both. Um, mm-hmm. Kind of go through the cupboard. There's some stuff that's in it every time. Uh, secret ingredient, tiger sauce. Uh, really put it over the top. Um, so I highly recommend that. Um, don't undervalue soy sauce in it. Um, <clears throat> You want something that's going to make it tangy, though, and the the, the tiger sauce definitely does that. Um, but yeah, it's kind of go through the cupboard. Um, uh, oh, lemon pepper's good. Lemon pepper helps it for sure. Uh, some stuff uh, people try to put in them, which I recommend against. Too much sage, no. Liquid smoke, no. Uh, and I think Worcestershire sauce is a sucker pet too for um, <laughs> for turkey gravy. You know, just has kind of a sort of dries and flattens it out somehow. <laughs>